You are listening to a message from Victory. We hope it inspires you to honor God and make disciples in your community. Now we're going to talk about the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son. We're going to talk about the love of God. His very heart, how wide, how deep His love is. Maybe some of you would have heard about the prodigal son, the parable, this parable, many times over and over again. My prayer is that you won't stop. You won't feel like you're getting dizzy and started snoring on your seats. It's actually a challenge, that's true. But my prayer is that you... When every time you turn your Bible, every time you read this word, you're actually expectant of new revelation of about you, your relationship with God, who God is. Never stop learning, never stop inquiring, never stop expectant of that newness. And that may God always refresh us, especially when we hear His word, when we read His word, and we talk about God. This afternoon... I entitled this preaching, The Homecoming. Homecoming. Um, I, got a, I got a message that I'm already invited to our silver homecoming. Okay? Hindi, hindi po college, not in college, okay? High school. <laughs> high school, high school. So 20, 25 years already uh, since the last time that I was in a high school. In this homecoming, we're going to see that there are actually two acts in this very parable. One parable, one chapter, but there there, there are actually two acts. There are actually two brothers who are the lead characters. They're the lead characters. The brothers, the younger one, and the older one. And then there are two different scenarios where the younger brother took off and left and the older brother who stayed. Two scenarios. But then, there was only one response from their father. One response. Here's the context of this, um, of this very parable. In Luke 15, verse 1 to 3. Now the, tox, now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Very strategic, Jesus was. He told this story, not, not just randomly pick a story. But because he knew there were two acts. Two lead characters, two scenarios. He was also talking to two groups of audience. First group are the tax collectors and sinners. And the second group, the Pharisees and the scribes. This happened during the Roman Empire. And it happened somewhere now in the Middle East. In Act 1. You ready for Act 1? Ready for Act 1? Luke 15. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. A patriarch, a landowner who owns so many lands. Remember, during those times you have to work. And after you work, you don't don't put money in the bank. Your bank is actually lands, properties you own. And he is well-to-do. He had two sons. Then one of the sons, the younger son, then asked for his share. This is very unlikely. Going back again, middle, ancient Middle Eastern culture. So unlikely for a dad who was still alive for you to ask for your inheritance. That is dishonoring. That is unheard of. You want to do that. That is tantamount to saying, 
I wish my father was dead. I wish you were dead so that you can give me money. Actually, no, give me your money now. I want it now. Looking back at this, the, in this text, when you go deeper to it, in that culture, the eldest son gets two-thirds of the inheritance. Two-thirds of the estate. And one-third would go to the youngest son. He wants to cash in. He wants to be as early as now to cash in. If you look at the book of Deuteronomy, it would say there, what is the consequence for a son who would disown his father? And that is stoning. Death by stoning. But then, what did the father do? The supporting actor, the father, he gave them, he gave the youngest son the portion that he was asking for. Instead of stoning his son, he gave in. Let's continue. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took, and, took, uh, and took a journey into a far country. And there, he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. The entitled, the entitled son, the son who cannot wait, the son who was so eager to get his share, took off and squandered everything. Gathered all he had means he cashed in. He didn't just take the land, no title, no. Took the land, sold it, not even enough estimate. He just said, I need the cash now. And squandered everything. Never thinking, never knew, never seeing in his foresight that one day he's going to be so poor because a famine would strike the land. Unheard of. Here, the second son was actually saying, you know that? I want to just go away, give me my part of the money. I don't want your relationship. I don't want to be part of the home. Thank you for what you did, but you know what? I'm not after you taking care of me. Not after your relationship, but I'm after your money and that's it. That's it. Wow. I couldn't even imagine worse son ever. Rowdy, dishonoring son would ever imagine that. Wishing his dad or his mom to be dead so that he can just cash in. Cash in. Verse 15. So he went and hired himself out to the, one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the, his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. When I first read this, I thought, okay, so he went to work for somebody so that he could get food. No, this is actually the low, lowliest, lowliest ever situation for a person. He was not there for employment. He was actually there with the pigs inside the pigsty, inside the pig pen. He was not there just to feed them. He was actually wishing and praying that he will be able to feed on the feeds of the, those pigs. He's sharing food with the pigs. Lowly as a flow. Why? Because no one gave him anything. Not his friends, not his um, groups, bodies before. Not anyone, no family. He was left for dead. So that he, it was actually okay for him to eat with the pigs, together with the pigs. Eat what they're actually eating. A sign of hopelessness. You know, our society right now, a lot of people are, are in that very desperate position. You know what's been going on. We've heard it in the news. Every, every day there will be a, a drug dependent who would surrender. Some, a, a drug addict or dependent would be killed. But what are we doing? Hopelessness 
in our country right now. We are so blessed that we are actually part now of, a, of an NGO. Our church uh, are, is part of an NGO headed by uh, Christ Commission Fellowship, CCF, where we are going to where the drug dependents are. Every week, we actually have 25 uh, committed volunteers, victory group leaders, who would, who would share their time Instead of working, instead of uh, earning money, they will share their time and share Jesus to this drug dependent. This drug dependent, more, they need more than the food. They need more than the money. They need somebody to talk to, to care for them. We as a church, we have to be in the forefront. There is helplessness in the world. But what are we doing? We, we cannot just leave them for dead there. Like this young son in the book, in the parable of the prodigal son. But when he came to himself... He said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. These verses represent the very first time that he, he had a scenario about repenting. Repentance, remember, he turned his back on his family. He knew the consequence that when he goes back, he is actually disowned. There's no more home to go to. There's no more homecoming. There's no one that would actually invite him in. Or if he stepped in, he could be stoned to death. He knew the consequence. But he repents. He repents. First sign of repentance, when he came to himself. Other, other translation in the Bible said, he came into his senses. I will rise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Now he's broken. Now he's down on his knees. Now it's all about, it's not all about himself anymore. There's no, more, there's no more pride. There's no more anger. There's no more entitlement. He knew where he was. He knew it's better off for him to be dead in his father's place than to die and rot in that pig pen. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. He was, he was readying himself. He even had the script ready. Before he gets stoned, he was, he was reenacting everything in his mind and saying, okay, before anybody throw a stone, I would say, okay, just hire me. Hire me, be a servant. I can be a slave. I don't have to be, to be part of your family anymore. But take me out from my misery where I am. This was a very specific request. And the last phase of that repentance was there when he took action. He had faith and took action. He did not just stay there, but he took action. He was saying, whatever comes my way, I put it now in the faith of my father and on God. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. This for us, we're reaching now the, 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 the what do you call this, the climax of Act 1. We're just in Act 1. When he was off, the father was there, saw him. And started running after him. Long way off. That means the father was actually there looking far and beyond. He wasn't just tending his flock. He wasn't just there making sure that, 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 that all the laborers are doing what they're doing. But he was looking far. He was as, as if he was waiting for someone. He was waiting for this day. Maybe we can surmise every day. Every day he would be there. would go up, rise up early in the morning. Sit in the same spot. Just look far off. Waiting. Waiting, waiting. Every day. 
just waiting, waiting. When he saw just even a glimpse of his son, he started running. Unheard of. Ancient, uh, ancient culture. Okay, Middle Eastern culture. A patriarch. A landowner wouldn't just take off his sandals and run to his son. No, 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 no. He'd wait there and then ask his son, okay, bow before me. Then I will bless you and then rise up. No, but he ran. He was running. He was so eager. He was waiting for this day. He didn't mind that his son smells like pig. He smells like a pig. He's as dirty as, as, as a pig. Unshaven, long hair. He didn't care. He kissed him. When the son started with his spill, remember he had a spill. He, 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 he wrote a script. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He knew the consequence. But the dad said, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. He didn't want to hear what his son was saying. No, 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 no. Before you say anything, come here, my son. I have hugged you. I have kissed you. Not only that, I'm going to put my best robe on you. Best robe is the dad's robe. His own robe. Not the kuya's robe. Not the, no, his own robe. He asked his servant, get my own robe, the best of the best, and put it on my son. Put it on my son. Cover that humiliation. Cover the dirt. Cover the pain. Cover the fear, the worry. Cover it. I don't want to see it. His home. His home. Put on the signet ring. Signet ring signifies restoration of who he is. Signet rings would put his, his, his last name there. Who they are as a family. Their seal as a family. If you're like a magtoto, the, the seal of magtoto is there and saying, now you are again a magtoto. I don't care what you did. I don't care if you hurt me. Turn your, turn your back around me. Spent all my money, went to prostitutes. I don't care. Now you are again a magtoto. Now you are again an ui. Now you are again a son of mine, a son of God. He came into sense, his senses. The younger, the, young, the younger son. He came into sen, his senses when, when the servant brought shoes for him. Those days, servants, they don't actually wear shoes. They're on their feet. He came into his senses when he started wearing those shoes, those slippers. That means I'm, my dad's not only going to hire me. My dad is not going to kill me. My dad just wants me back. None of the things, not, nothing. He just wants him back. Luke 15, 23. And bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive. Again, he was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Of course, there's no celebration without food. And the best way is with a calf. Roasted calf. I highlighted fattened calf there for a reason. For two reasons. First is that they don't eat meat all the time. It's not an everyday thing, everyday dinner, everyday meal that they would have meat. It is only reserved for very special occasions. Celebrating with family. Number two, I, hi- I highlighted it because it's a fattened calf. A fattened calf means, I'm just surmising here, that ever since his son took off, he actually put aside a calf to be ready and fattened. To be fed with the best feed, 
because he is waiting that time that when my son would come home, I will celebrate. He was in faith. He was expectant that his son would come home. He was readying a calf for that celebration. He knew his, come, his son would come back. He knew in God's time, he, they are going to celebrate. A father's love restores a rebellious heart. Father's He didn't care. It cost a lot to have a fattened calf. But he celebrated because he knew that the son that was, was, once was lost was back. That's the homecoming. But that was just act one. Most of us would end in act one. Most of us would, would feel all the, 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 the hurt, the pain, and the welcoming back of the father to the prodigal son and stop there. But there's more. There's more to it. There's more to this. Looking at the response of the father who, who was just put like as, as, as a supporting actor, his response was, he won't ever control you. The father here represents God our father. He won't, ne- he won't control you. He gave us free will. When that son decided to go, he said, let him go. Not only that he won't control us, but he won't give up on us. He won't give up on you. Whatever you did, whatever mess, whatever sin, whatever it is, He won't give up on us. That's why there was a fattened calf. I will wait. I will wait upon you. And He won't close the door on you. No matter what shame, no matter what pain we have caused our Father, He will always have a door open for you. The heart of a Father is full of compassion. Not anger, not retribution, not getting even, not even saying, remember, I am your father. No, it's full of compassion. But sometimes for us, that's hard to comprehend. It's so hard to comprehend that when we do stuff, when we feel like we're going to do stuff, or we know that what we're doing is not aligned to God's will, we would often just push Him away and say, I don't have anyone anything about and we think that the more we run the farther he goes sometimes we see him and just push him no i'm gonna do it my way it's 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 my way i'm gonna commit sin i'm gonna commit adultery i don't care i'm into addiction the more i'm gonna get into addiction no god no and we thought we are drifting far away that our hearts become callous our hearts become hearts of stone the more we go farther, the more we feel like oh, we do it our way. We don't need, we don't want anything to do with, nothing to do with Him. Remember, remember His promise for us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. No, no sin, no turning your back on Him could ever let Him lose His sight on us. He is always there. Sometimes we feel like we don't see Him. We don't feel Him. He's there with you. He's there with us. Remember, I remember my own story. I was like that prodigal son. This is, this is real life prodigal son. That I turned back on my family. Turned back on my family. Wasted my dad's money. Millions of it. Not even tell him. Until the last point when he was asking me about it, I said, No, uh, no I'm still okay. 
full of pride, arrogance. Put me in good school. I would just hide the check and not go to school. He doesn't want me to commute. He gave me my own car. I would use the car but not go to school. I would even be in my uniform. and I would do those stuff. He asked me if I want to be in business. I said, okay. I went to the business. I never did anything right in the business. But stole money from the business to put it on my own pocket. I thought he didn't knew, but all along he knew. But when I came to my senses, when I came to myself, there I see the Father's heart. There, there I experience how deep, how wide a love of a father is. When we were about to discuss everything that's been going on, my wife was present, my victory group leader was present. I had a spiel. I had a script all written out. Before I could say it, he said these words that I can never forget. He said, son, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't teach you how to live your life. I'm sorry and I was wrong not to teach you how to handle money. I'm sorry and I just, I just saw the Father's love. Do not, do not put a hedge and say that your Father is not with you. Do not put a hedge and say that He is not after your welfare. Do not put a hedge because you don't know. If you haven't felt how wide, how deep His love is, it's now time to experience it. Act 1. Are you ready for Act 2? Most of us could have just stopped in Act 1. Actually, it was a good story. But Jesus was actually setting us up, questioning the loyalty of our heart, questioning where, we're, where we were actually are, the very situation. And if I've, are, are we humble enough to admit who we are and where we were? Luke 15. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. He was in the field. He was working his butt off. It was hot. He was working. Then when he got home, there was a party. And he thought, okay, nobody even invited me. What's going on? And he said to him, your brother has come. And your father has killed the fattened calf. Because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came, and, uh, came out and entreated him. He knew about the fattened calf. He knew that his dad was actually waiting on his brother to come back. There was a fattened calf specifically written there. They know it was somewhere hidden in a place. And it was time to celebrate. And he was saying, what? He's here. That can't be. I didn't even go and look for him. He could have gone and looked for his brother. But he stayed home. He was trying to prove something to his dad. I'm the better son. I will work for you. I'll stay with you. Not thinking that his dad was so hurt, miserable, waiting. He could have gone and looked for his brother, but he didn't. He's trying to earn his way into his dad's heart. And now, he couldn't accept the fact that he's home. You know what? You know why he was angry? He was angry because remember, the one-third is already gone. The inheritance. The one-third is gone. Now his brother might be after his two-thirds. 
And he's thinking, I've worked my butt off here. I, this is mine. Now he's back. He's computing in his head. Uh-oh. Now the two-thirds might have to be shared with my brother. Rottenness of a heart. After what? You know, this brother, this elder brother, he's not just after his dad's heart. He was also after his dad's money. Not a relationship. But when the father came out and asked for him, he said, Look, this many years I have served you and I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. Entitlement. I'm, I'm, I'm working for you. You have not even a goat. I see the calf every day. I get hurt. You're fattening the calf. Not, not, what if you just give me a goat? A turkey, a chicken, nothing. He was so hurt. He was so... His, his, his focus was not on his dad, that relationship anymore, but in what he was supposed to be getting, entitlement. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. The father can also disown the eldest son. Just for dishonoring him, just for not going out, the father had to come out and get him. That's a sign of dishonor. But instead of disowning his child, he appealed to his son. He called him son. Instead of stoning him, instead of calling the servant and take this guy away, he's dishonoring me. He called him son. You're always with me. And even assuring him, all that is mine is yours. The truth is, even the eldest son is after he, even the eldest son is after the father's money, wealth, property, power, and not after his heart. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your, but this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Imagine at this point, imagine at this very point, all the people, all the people were actually on the edge of their seats. They were actually surmising in their head, okay, trying to think, how would this end? How would this parable, how would this story end? But then Jesus stopped. He stopped. Remember, it was about the two brothers. It was about the two, two acts. It was also about two audiences in the crowd. Tax collectors and sinners. But also after the Pharisees and the scribes. There, Jesus was actually telling a story about them. The prelude of this is they were asking, Why are you eating with the sinners? Why are you having meal with tax collectors? And he was proving a point. He was after their hearts. He was after them. Those two groups. Two individuals. Two group of peoples that were listeners. This should have been the title. Prodigal sons. Why? Because there were two sons who were lost. Once was the rebellious son, one was the rebellious son. And the other one is the religious son. You can... You can be a very good son, but then you're religious. You're not after God. You're not after serving Him. You're after the blessing. You could be a, a, a rebellious son, but then there's still time and you can be found. Here's a, here's a graph of what the younger and the older brother did. The younger brother left home. The older brother stayed home. Younger brother the prodigal son, the other brother, the one who worked his butt off, is a productive son. Younger brothers no longer felt worthy of father's blessing. 
The older brother felt rather owed, the, the father owed him blessing. Younger brother realized his sin and the older brother's attitude of self-righteousness. The younger brother, the prodigal son that we call repented, but the older brother resented. Resented what happened. Both were actually lost, but both actually loved. Both were loved. The homecoming. The true lead character here, not the son. Not either of the son. But actually the true lead character here is the father. The father who had compassion. The father who had love. That is agape love. Agape that is genuine love. Love that is unconditional. Love that is not... Love is that is unending. How wide, how deep his love is. No matter how many steps you have taken away from God, it only take, takes one step to get back. No matter, no matter the sins that you committed, no matter the hurt that you've caused your father, no matter the pain, the shame, it's only a step back. I remember in Malachi 4, 6, where it said, And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with the decree of utter destruction. The title, when I showed you earlier about the homecoming, I'm not even sure if it was just about the title, but I do believe it is actually an invitation. An invitation for God, an invitation from our Father to finally come home. He's telling us, my son, my daughter, whether you feel like you're part of Act 1, you're part of Act 2, your heart is that of a rebellious heart, you feel like you're still striving and doing it your way to try, to try and earn your way to God, the religious part. Remember, he's after a relationship, not after religion. He's after our very hearts. I want to know the nature you're in. I don't know. I can give you all the tests about your relationship with God. But there is no actual test. It's between you and Him. But there would and there should come a time that you have to be truthful. Because time is of the essence. If you feel like you are that productive son, if you feel like you are striving and still working your way, Striving and, and, and working, trying to pay off your salvation. The Lord saying, no amount of money, no amount of service, no amount of prayer, no amount of anything can ever satisfy me. The only thing that is I'm satisfied in is if you are in me, the Lord said. I'm after your heart. I'm after that relationship. I've given you freely. Lord, I pray, Lord, for my brothers and my sisters. Lord, I know, Lord, I speak for all of us today. Lord, we repent of our ways. Thank you that you always remind us of that cross that is never to condemn us, but to give us hope. Hope that is eternal. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for you took everything on you. Lord, I pray, Lord God, 
Lord, that there will be a change of mindset in us. Lord, I pray, Lord, that it starts from our very heart. That never will we try to earn our way into your heart. In, in, Lord, even pay off our salvation. But rather, Lord God, Lord, that we will be so grateful, Lord God. And Lord, that as we see grace, Lord, we embrace it fully. Thank you, Lord, for grace that changes everything, Father. Lord, I pray, Lord, that starting today, Lord, as we have repented, as we have fully accepted who you are, Lord, that there is going to be a turnaround. A turnaround in how we see you. Not, 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 not to see ourselves as slaves or our servants trying to please a master. But Lord, thank you, Lord God. Lord, that we are part of your kingdom. That as you build your kingdom, so, so we build it with you, Lord God. As your sons and as your daughters. As heirs, Lord God, to your throne. Father, even pray right now, Lord. If we have a wrong perspective of a loving father, a caring father, a father that nurtures, a father that helps us grow, Lord God, we look up to you, Abba Father. Lord, I pray, Lord, for hearts, Lord, that have been callous, hearts that have been hurt, hearts, Lord God, that have been turned to stone, Father. I pray right now, Lord God, for your comforting touch right now. Abba Father, we look up to you. Abba Father, loving Father, be our Father. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcasts.